Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text that I want to focus on this evening, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. As we begin, I want you to listen closely to these beautiful words written by John. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. My hope is that this sermon series that we've walked through in Advent, this sermon series on God's gifts from above, has reminded you that in Christ we receive many, many gifts. And while I haven't exhausted all of the gifts that God has given us, we can surely see how great a giver our God is. And he gives us not the kind of gifts that we will exchange or return or discard because they don't last. No, these gifts are grace upon grace upon grace upon grace and they last. It's a beautiful thing to reflect on God's love and grace for us and enjoy the gifts that he gives us. And so the final gift that we will meditate on tonight as we prepare for Christ's coming is that God sends from above the gift of life in Christ Jesus. Now this gift of life can be looked at many different ways. Throughout our liturgy, we reflect on the ways that we think that we will live life to the fullest. In this sermon, I'd like to reflect on the gift of life that we have in Jesus Christ that is eternal life, that lasts forever. It isn't the gift of trying to reach the next goal in our career It's so much greater than that. Life itself is a precious gift. And every living thing finds its life in the Spirit of God that was breathed into it when it was created. The breath of life life animates all things. Trees, fish, dogs, even your neighbor down the road. And it has been that way since the beginning. God is not just creator. That is, he didn't just set this world into motion. He's also life sustainer, life giver. Yet in a fallen world infected with sin, life seems to be anything but eternal. With the onset of winter, this being the first day of winter, the reality of death is all around us. The life that God breathes into all of his creation only appears to last a short time. An American poet once put it this way, Robert Frost says, Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold, her 
early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. Nothing gold can stay. This is our experience. Life is certainly more precious than gold. We can't buy more life. And yet, as we've experienced life, we feel all too often that this gift just doesn't really last. And so it is fitting that Christmas should come at the start of a bleak winter, at a time where we see a season of dying of sorts. And experience reminds us why Jesus came, why we celebrate Christmas. As hard as a tree may strive to hold on to its leaves, death will have its way. As hard as an as a old dog may cling tenaciously to life, death will have its way. As hard as a loved one struggles to stay a little while longer with friends and family, the breath of life received from God is exhaled one last time. Eden's grief becomes ours again. We sometimes forget what Jesus was up against. It wasn't just sin alone, but the consequences of sin. As Romans 6 puts it, the wages of sin is death. Sadly, old die. Tragically, young die. Because sin takes them there. And it wasn't just death that Jesus faced, but the devil who held power over death in our lives. As Hebrews 2 puts it, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has power over power of death, that is, the devil. Death was Jesus' ultimate enemy. I'm reminded, as I was reflecting on this sermon, I'm reminded of a story that I read as a young boy that as I grew up a little bit, uh, it became a movie. You may recall this story, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. With C.S. Lewis, he spins a, a tale of these children who walk into a magical land Narnia. And in Narnia, there is a curse that is all across the land. The white witch has reign over the people, and it is always winter. But with the coming of the children, with their advent, they hear whispers of something new happening. Aslan is on the move. And winter begins to melt away, and spring comes forward. But as we 
move forward in the story, there comes a point where one of the children, Edmund, finds himself in a sticky situation, caught in the queen's and the witch's trap. He finds himself in peril, and Aslan gives his life for the child, a sacrifice for the wayward son. This sounds familiar, doesn't it? Even greater than a story, our Lord Jesus Christ came into our broken world where all we experience is death all the time. It's always winter, never spring. Jesus came as a child, grew up a man, lived sinless, and yet while we were in our sin, he took our place. Death was Jesus' ultimate enemy. But why did Jesus have to die? Why couldn't he do just something else? Jesus had to die because the only way he could conquer death was to go headlong into it and then come back to life again. He took on the death that we deserve and then buried it in its grave. There's a remarkable moment in the story where two of the girls, two of the children, go back to the altar that Aslan was sacrificed on. And they go to it and see that it is broken in half. And he rising up from the dead. And they ask, how did this happen? And he said, the witch did not know about the greater truths. That if I sacrifice myself, that I could break the curse forever. All the more so, Jesus took on our death and put it in its place, in the grave. So that you and I might have life, and life eternal. So if someone asked Jesus why he had been sent by his Father... If someone asked for his personal mission statement, this is what he would say. And in fact, this is what he does say. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus Christ came so that you and I might live our new life now in him. Be reborn through the waters of baptism and live eternally with him in his reign, and under his kingdom. Jesus came that we might not get caught up in all of the things that we think make life better and instead recognize that we have everything that we need in him. So Mary's baby, God's own son, grew up to defeat death single-handedly for you and for me. Destined for a cross from the fall in Eden, he came, he died, he rose, and he conquered. The result? Eternal life for all who place their trust in him. Eternal life for me. Eternal life for you. Eternal life for your loved one who has gone on in glory. This is an amazing gift. 
grace upon grace upon grace. What if I fail? What if I don't meet God's expectations? Christ has died for you. Grace upon grace upon grace. This is why we gather together tonight. This is why we look forward to gathering together in a few days to celebrate the birth of our Lord. I want to encourage you to reach out to those you know who haven't heard this message or maybe who have turned away from it in some way. Invite them to worship with you, to hear this good news again, that God has come for them, that God has come for you. His love brings you the perfect gift of life that will last forever. And as you open your gifts this Christmas, I pray that your heart will no doubt soar when you get that gift that you wanted or just exactly what you needed. But if you could pause for a moment during that joy, and if you could focus a little while on the manger, on that child born for you, even for just a few seconds, it will come to you. The greatest gift of all is the one he gives. It's the gift of eternal life. I pray that the joy that comes from knowing this gift is yours today might overflow into how you love and care for others in the coming weeks and months and into life eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.